Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Before we get to today's episode of Five on the Floor, make sure you check out one of the great sponsors of this podcast and the other podcasts in the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is AutoNation. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs. Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles, all clearly marked with one price, the lowest price guaranteed. Or if you just want to get rid of that old car, turn it into cash today, get a top dollar offer and a check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Your check engine light on right now. Get the services you need at low AutoNation prices, oil changes, tires, batteries, and more all for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. All right, but here's the thing. I used to say that a lot. If you're in the market for a new car, make sure you DM me at 5 Reason Sports on Twitter. That's the number five Reason Sports, I will give an AutoNation senior manager your information with your permission so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. So no waiting online, no getting lost in the sauce or any of that stuff. An AutoNation senior manager will reach out to you directly. And now, welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, aka Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as usual with Alphonse Sydney. You can find him at Alf954. You can find me at Five Reasons Sports and also at Ethan J. Skolnick on Twitter. Also Instagram at Five Reasons Sports. Um, most of our podcasts have Instagram accounts. Also check out FiveReasonsSports.com. That's our website. That one you spell out, F-I-V-E reasonsports.com um, a lot of Dolphins content on there right now some Marlins content and of course we'll be getting back to the heat I'll be writing a weekly column uh, come the fall after training camp also got a bunch of new additions in our network so you got to check out the five rings canes podcast this week we added both Alex Dono and Larry Bluestein, and they'll be collaborating on a concept on the five re- um, excuse me on the five rings account um, so make sure that you check that out we think our canes coverage with those two guys, Josh Darrow, David Lake, and Andrew Ivins is as good as anybody's in the market. And, of course, Three Yards Per Carry, our Dolphins podcast for analysis, and Fish Tank, our Dolphins podcast for stories. Make sure that you download those, two. Just type them into your favorite podcast provider. All right, Alf and I today are going to talk a little bit about what I talked to Howard Beck about. in the la- I feel like we're, we're trying to get through some <laughs> this, this sort of dead period. So it's like we do what a podcast. Period? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, exactly. Well, we try. Well, here's what we do. We we talk about we talk about something on a podcast, and then we talk about it again in a different context the next time. And so you and I talked about the NBA 2K teams, and I ended up getting into that with Howard. And by the way, he he puts weight ahead of Iverson too, uh, but also kind of thinks that maybe Nash and Kid belong sort of above Dwayne. So I, we've had that conversation on the previous pod. So we kind of strung that one along to the next podcast, and now. I brought up with Howard and kind of made him do this exercise, my former colleague at Bleacher Report, uh, you know, him ranking the top five. And actually, he ended up doing the top 10 
front offices in the NBA. And you wanted to weigh in on this. Of course, you weighed in on Twitter in your clunky, confrontational way. It's and not how, clunky. It's, and, it's what I do. Listen, yeah. you think it's clunky. You think it's confrontational. This is how I've become uh, what? ingrained. <laughs> what, ex- what, what, exa- what exactly, Alf? What yeah, you- I, this is how I've become ingrained in the South Florida media atmosphere. I just uh, – yeah. I argue with people, they argue back, and then we become friends. Sedano, Izzy, Amber, everybody. It's the same way. I mean, it's kind of like how if you drive in Pompano on the turnpike by that dump, that's ingrained in the atmosphere. That's out. <laughs> Basically. Those are my tweets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's because you, you know it's there. Uh, so, I mean, Howard, who I worked with for two years, I have an incredibly good relationship with, enormous respect for, comes on the podcast whenever I ask for, checks on me. I mean, he's just a great guy. And, and somehow, like, nothing pisses him off and somehow on twitter you i don't know you you go on there and and you challenge him because he had this take where he didn't put the heat in his top 10 front offices but if you listen to the podcast that you edited Mm -hmm. he makes it clear (laughs) that he's not disparaging the heat he's just saying part of it is kind of reputation but some of it is recent results and if you look at recent results he came up with 10 front offices that have had a better run of late than the heat but he's like the same smart people are still there they didn't get stupid and and you know again i think they had a very good off season but they had three bad off seasons in a row in my opinion and okay, so listen i am wrestling heel not even wrestling heel i'm actually heat twitter uh wrestling babyface uh the rest of nba twitter wrestling heel so if he's not gonna put the heat in the top 10 i have to i have to Swing my hand around, cut my hand to my ear, get the Hulkamaniacs riled up, and now they're mm-hmm. going to listen to the episode. This is, listen, Ethan, this is what I do. I've been I very good at this. I, I understand. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's subjective, but right. I mean, you know, you get a bunch of Camby, you know, Camby gifts out there, and we need a new one uh, beyond that one. All right. So, look, here's what Howard said. Uh, he, here's the ones he had in his top five and his top 10. And then we have a couple other topics we want to get to today. Uh, his top five, in no particular order, was Clippers, Warriors, Raptors, Rockets, and Celtics. And I challenged him on the last two. Um, I'm not going to challenge Clippers because Jerry West is in that front office. To me, he's automatic top five. Yeah. Uh, so, so he's there. Masai is automatic top five these days for, with the Raptors. I mean, uh, you know, w- losing Kawhi, I mean, whatever, it paid off. Um, but so, getting Kawhi was, was the real coup masterstroke and and, yeah. and showed total balls right so which he has okay in terms of the moves that he makes so they're in there the Warriors I, again I've said I feel they've lost some of their luster but you can't argue with what they've done the past few years it's not a good offseason losing Durant having to give away draft picks to get rid of Iguodala uh, to bring in D'Angelo Russell who I don't know if is a fit they haven't developed any and as I said to Howard they haven't really developed rotation players you know, to sort of supplement their stars. But that's hard. And you know what? I, right. And I, what I'll give to them is they're, they're constantly drafting on the back end of the first yes, round. Yes, it's true. And like the Heat were. And it happens least, to the Heat, they, too. The, you yeah. can't go on a four-year run like they went on. The same thing that the Heat went on. The same thing that the Cavs went on. You can't go on those runs and come out smelling like roses. Not in, you know, not in today's uh, NBA where they're trying to push for parity. So the lottery system works against you. And also, you just can't pay all your guys eventually. So, right. I mean, I would still put them up there. I, I just think it's too much recency bias if all we're going to do is what happened this past offseason. Okay, all right, fine. So so are, are you and I in agreement that those three belong, if not in the top five, then in the top ten? Would, would, would we agree with I would that? Put, I put all three in the top five. And okay. the, Clippers, the Clippers, I mean, that's that's a, very, a fairly recent uh, phenomenon, what's going on with them. So – 
I'd probably put them at least top 10, but the other two, definitely top five. All right. So here's, here's the other two in the top five, and then we'll get to his six through 10, which again, no particular order. Uh, but the other two in the top five were the Celtics and the Rockets. And, and I challenged him on both of them. And, and I, I think, uh, let's start with the Celtics. And my challenge to him on this was this. Yes, you had to have the assets to squander them. Okay. Yeah. So, so Ainge did an incredible job gathering all of these assets and, did a great job taking Jalen Brown, did a great job, you know, getting an extra draft pick and taking Jason Tatum, did well to get Rozier, who had a bad season and they let walk, but did well to get Kyrie with a trade of basically three sort of overvalued players who played well in Brad Stevens' system, did well to get the Sacramento pick, to get the Brooklyn picks, all the rest of that. He did a fantastic job, but I look at the end product now, and I'm like, wait, that's all you have to show for it? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I thought he was building a dynasty for the ages, and instead he's got Kemba on And I like Kemba. He's the best player probably on the national team right now, which is kind of sad. But, like, it, it's – I like him, but, I mean, he's not Kyrie, and he's getting paid like Kyrie would have gotten paid. And, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown looked great two years ago, and I still have high hopes particularly for, for Tatum. But they have no front court. Uh, Horford, Horford, they let walk. Enos Cantor is going to end up playing big minutes for them down the stretch, which is a defensive nightmare. And I'm just like, everything they had that this, this is what they have is basically, you know, the third or third to fifth best team in the East. Yeah, Um, with everything, all the assets they gathered, you would think that they would be a title contender for years and years to come. Um, But it also feels like, like you said, they squandered some of these assets, right? Or what I think happened with Ainge, I think he held on to these assets like they were gold for so long. And then when, he, when the criticism started, he started just shelling them out for whatever he could pick up, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, so you're, you, like you said, the asset uh, collection was great. But the dispensing of like, – you could save all the money in the world, right? Right. But if you buy a used yacht with it uh, and, <laughs> with, and don't know how to drive a boat and can't afford a captain – who gives a shit, right? It doesn't right. matter. So th- that's I think that's what's happening. Like right now, they are, they have a used yacht. <laughs> yeah, or you, or 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 you buy a condo at the top of the housing market in two thousand six. I don't know who did that. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I'm yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I, look, I'm fine with putting them still in the top ten, but I kind of challenge Howard in the top five because of how it played out, and and the same for Houston. Because there is this love affair with Daryl Morey because he talks to all the national media and he goes to the Sloan conference and he posts funny memes and he talks about James Harden's a better offensive player than, uh, than Michael Jordan. But like, again, I'm looking at it and he was operating from a deficit again this year because he keeps putting himself in a corner like the Chris Paul contract. He knew he was gonna have to pay Chris Paul when he made that trade. But the fact is he paid him. They ended up having to give up Lou Williams and, uh, and Harrell also. is turned into a much better player than I think people expected. And so to get rid of Chris Paul, they have to take on Westbrook, which, again, I was in favor of the Heat doing it in their circumstance. I don't have a problem with Houston doing it because they got rid of Paul, but it's this idea of him as some kind of genius. Even the Clint Capella contract now doesn't look so great. And I think that there is some favoritism towards Daryl Morey because he's open with the media um, and because he plays into this whole analytics thing that everybody loves, even though if you really look at what Morey's done the past few years, he doesn't really adhere to the analytics. He just goes after the biggest name available. Now, Howard's, Howard's point to me was that he was the one guy who identified James Harden coming off a bad finals as a sixth man against the Heat as a guy who could carry a franchise. And that's true. Do That's you true. Think, wait, wait. Do you think that he identified him, or that it, that was the biggest name on the market and it worked out? Um, I think it was a little both. A I mean, Hart, Harden was the number three overall pick in the drafts. So it's not like he was a secret. 
Yeah, but also, well, well, and Harden had a great run up until that final. So it's he, not like he did. He did, and he was sixth man of the year. But but it is. Look, you never know if a guy can be a lead guy until. He's I mean, a lead but guy. like you, I mean, he also has the Omer Ashik stuff and the Dwight Howard yeah. and yeah, like he 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 swings and misses a lot. And oh, like, he does. The, the the you want to talk about analytics all you want. Um, that offense that they're running. Um, is no, I mean, there's no, no. analytical genius no, offense, I mean, right? It's a lot. About of, they have the wrong coach for it, to be honest. I mean, they have a they have a coach who they, they've tied his hands because they're they're running all ISO. I mean, I see Harden's now shooting step back one footers, like that's the new thing. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna pull that out in the game. I I, I just. I, I have trouble putting them in the top five when, like, they signed. They had to do what they did this offseason because he signed Chris Paul to one of the most worst contracts we've ever seen. I, I just, I, I think, again, a lot of this is, and I'm, there's no dispute. Like, Howard goes to Sloan. Zach Lowe goes to Sloan. Our guy Cooper Moorhead goes to Sloan. Tom Haberster goes to Sloan. I'm not, I'd love to go to Sloan sometime. I've, there's times I've been supposed to go and I, I couldn't get up there. I'd love to go to the Sloan conference and learn about it, but I think. That because Daryl Morey sits there and, and hobnobs with, with a lot of national guys, he gets this reputation that I don't know if it's definitely earned. And so I, Howard's next five, I thought there were at least three of those that you could have put ahead of before we even get to the heat conversation here. Okay. Uh, I thought there were at least three you could have put ahead of the Celtics or the Rockets based on recency, right? You like know real what recency. I want to say about Morey, if we're going to say, um, uh, what's his name? Now I can't. Ainge is a a guy who saves money and spends it uh unwisely. Right. Uh, uh Maury is the kind of guy who just keeps borrowing on credit cards. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. No. Indefinitely. He, he, he and that, and gets another credit card with a twenty six percent APR and just right. keeps doing it over and over again. Right. Well, that's what he's done with Westbrook. Now, if they if they get to the finals, then uh, you know, and maybe they would have gotten the finals two years ago if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. Although, you know, they had their chance this year and they blew it. I, I just I, – I, until it pays off, I don't know if I can necessarily put him there. And I look at the next five. Plus, look, Houston and Boston are big markets. I know no, no players, particularly black players, want to go to Boston. But, like, I know they're, I know they're big markets and, uh, you know, and all the rest. And that, so they have an advantage over some of these other ones that I'm going to mention that were in his next five. So his next five, in no particular order, OKC, which is Sam Presti, Brooklyn, which is Sean Marks, Utah, which is Dennis Lindsay, Denver, which is uh, Connolly, right? And his fifth was – now it's escaping me. Um, it'll come to me. But it was Utah, Denver, I go back to the tweet that I, I OKC, Brooklyn, and there's a fifth that it was not Philadelphia. It was not Milwaukee, although you can make an argument for Milwaukee lately. I would make an argument for Milwaukee because, I mean, uh, they've been decent for a number of years. No, they have. I said Utah. I said Denver. I hate doing this on the podcast where I forget stuff, but uh, it, it'll it'll come to me. OKC, Brooklyn, and there's a fifth market. Spurs, Jazz, Nuggets. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. I'm sorry. How could I forget the Spurs? Okay, so those five, all right? Now, the Spurs um, – there is history, right? There's 20 years of history and more than that. And it's the same two guys. It's R.C. Buford and it's Pop. And we can, we can argue about the Kawhi thing, but that's kind of a failure. Of, and I hate, it's crazy to say this. That's, that was a failure of coaching. That wasn't a failure, general manager. That was a failure of a, play, of a coach to reach his player. Now, uh, maybe there were some issues with the training staff and all the rest of that with Kawhi wanting to leave. But that's not, I'm not going to ding. Or, and they did the best they could. They got DeRozan. They got DeRozan back. They, I mean. Right. 
a lot. They did. They did a lot. A lot better than a lot of these other teams when a guy wants out, right? Yes. Uh, no, they, they did better than Washington's. Did. Go, they did better than Washington's going to do when Beals traded Miami. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> right. Or right. Or Philly did when, when they traded Butler. So so look, I I think uh I, the Spurs I very safe to put in there, but the others, I mean OKC. Say what you will about Presti. He put together a team that had three guys who would win the MVP. He drafted all of them. I mean, he drafted Durant, he drafted Harden, he drafted Westbrook. Now, he did his best in spite of being in a market that no free agents wanted to play with, even when you had those players. It wasn't Presti's fault that the owner, who has more money than God, didn't want to give Harden the extra $3 million. And so he did the best he could with that. He got Jeremy Lamb. He didn't really do great in terms of that trade, but whatever. Then this summer, Paul George wants out unexpectedly after he's like committed, you know, he's, he's, he's shown his, you know, his, his undying love to OKC and Russell Westbrook and Presti gets like 65 first round picks out of it. Um, I, I think to me, I think Sam Presti goes ahead of Danny Ainge and Daryl Morey lately. I, I would still put him ahead of them. And the other ones, Denver, look at that roster that they put together and the same for Utah. In those markets, like no free agents go to Denver, and that they they may have overpaid for Millsap. No free agents go to Utah. Utah Utah lost its best player, and may have the mo- the deepest roster in the West right now. Like they lost their best player two years ago, and drafted Mitchell, kept Gobert, have just added Bogdanovich. They've got depth everywhere in Utah. Dennis Lindsay's got to be in the mix, and what Brooklyn has done with uh, with Sean Marks is remarkable. I mean, no draft picks. And to clean this stuff out, and they end up with yeah, Durant. To clean and Kyrie. up that mess is what was so impressive. And now right. to land Kyrie and Durant, and, 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 and without that, had to, they had a playoff team last year mm-hmm. with the mess that they with the, that they inherited. Um, that's that's amazing. And and just just looking at the list, his bottom five or next five. I would put above both the Rockets and the Celtics. I agree. I, I said the same thing, and that leads I think to this the Spurs question: Spurs is the only one. The Spurs are the only and one that are arguable right now. They're arguable. They're arguable, but again, the twenty-year track record, which gets into the Heat. Okay, so if you're going to say, all right, so first, before we get to the Heat, is there a is there a team that jumps out to you, a front office that jumps out to you that should be in his top ten that is not other than Miami? No, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm looking. Looking around the NBA, Philly's too young. Milwaukee is the one that I think they've done a really solid. Listen, job. I really, I, I can't give Philly it because like they hit on like two out of like six. First but it's not even them though; they're two general managers removed, right? I mean, That's it, true. And I, then, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's Hanky and then Colangelo and now Elton Brand. So I don't, I don't. You know, and know. now the max contracts they handed out. This I don't, yeah, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if those are the best contracts I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then, they, you know, when even if you want to go back over the last 10 years, what they've – all that losing and all these picks – I mean, Jaleel Okafor, Markel Fultz. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back a little bit. Noel. Carter Williams, Norland right. Noel. There's so right. many – I mean, guys who aren't even in NBA rotations right now that they pick with lottery picks. So, so I can't give anything to Philly until they win something. Right. right? All right. So, right. so okay. So the, the, the one team that I think will get – You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get in there. And I think they may have had the best offseason in the NBA. And I just have enormous respect for this guy. Is New Orleans. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think David Griffin gets in there, but it's young, right? It's, we, they we have don't to know. Do something. They, got, they got to do something, but I just thought he had a masterful offseason. And I, I watched him work in Cleveland. I think he's really good. I, I, and, and I don't want to get into the whole thing with him and LeBron. I mean, the reality is David knows what he's doing. And, uh, and so I think they get in there. But there's not another team necessarily that just kind of jumped off the page to me that I thought Howard didn't get. And, but Miami. Okay, now let's look at this two ways. Track record, all right, you would agree Miami belongs in the top 10 for track record, right? I mean, if you're talking about track record, they belong closer to the top five, if not the top five. Okay. Um, um, talking but, about but, recency, then yeah. Throw, it, throw, about, throw, in the, throw in the post-LeBron years now. Yeah, you're talking about recent? You're talking yeah. about uh, barely uh, scratching the top 10, and I'm not sure if they even belong in the top 10 at all. Uh, who in the top 10 recently would they because uh, I'm looking at it okay it, it, they, they have not had a better run than Toronto uh, they have not had a better I mean the Clippers like you said is very young um, so it, it's hard I just it's just it's young but it's also Jerry West and Doc has a contribution and what they Frank did this offseason last right. season they overachieved like crazy and then they yes. did something great this offseason but they also um, set the stage for this offseason by moving Blake by moving Tobias Harris and having a plan and executing it in the same way that the Heat did clear the decks between 2007, you know, seven, eight, and and uh, and 2010, they they planned right, which which you know for the Heat has always been their strength. But uh, you know the Dwayne thing, the LeBron thing, the Bosch and, and the Bosch thing, we can't look past the Bosch thing because um, whatever people thought of that contract at the time, his game would have aged well. Yep. And and I, and and Heat people still talk about that. They're like, we just never got a full evaluation. I think, you know, they got hit basically with a tornado of three things, right? LeBron leaving, which they didn't properly anticipate because I don't think they saw the signs personally. I'm not even talking about the, you know, Maverick and others wanting more access and more tickets and all that stuff that gets talked about or him just wanting to go home, which he he tipped off at a practice I was at in Cleveland in 2012. I mean, he tipped it off, okay? And I talked to his people that day. Like, what's he talking about? Like, you know, that he might consider coming back here someday. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry. But he was sending a message to Gilbert and everybody else up there at the time. People like me who were too close to it downplayed it. But I think the Heat downplayed it, too. When I talked to people inside the organization, they were like, no, 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 no. They they misjudged that whole thing. They also misjudged his personal situation and some factors that led him back out of Miami into Cleveland, right? So I I think they that part of it is their fault, but part of it was not their fault. Bosch was not their fault at all. Like, that, this is not their fault. And, and there's nothing they could have done. They handled it as well as they could have handled it. Dwayne was their fault, okay? And Pat has taken responsibility for it. It was their fault for not taking care of him in 14. It was their fault for the way that they handled it in 15, which left a bad taste in his mouth until Mickey stepped in for Pat. And, they, and for the way they handled it, obviously, in 2016. So 
there were a tornado of these three things that occurred with them. They didn't develop young players during the Big Three era. They didn't draft especially well when they had opportunities. Um, and obviously, the, their reclamation projects like Beasley and Curry, uh, Eddie Curry and Greg Oden didn't work. Okay, you know, the only one that did was Chris Anderson. So I, I, I don't think that they got stupid. I just think they got hit with a bunch of circumstances, didn't handle it well, panicked in 2016 and 2017 in particular. But so I can't put them recency bias ahead of those 10. I, I, there's not one well, of them. Anything that you give the Heat over – if you give the Heat anything over the last four years, you're giving them Spolstra, which I don't mm. think you can give front offices a head coaching, no. um, except that they, you know, they hire the head coach. Um, the the players necessarily – what makes Spolstra so special is that he – the hand that he's been dealt, really. So it's, it's hard to give the front office that, right? Um, we don't necessarily know how this offseason is going to pan out. They have drafted excellently the last uh, three years, mm-hmm. um, or, or four years actually, because they skipped a year. When you talk about Justice, Josh Richardson, who they flipped into Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and now Tyler Hero, you feel like they've done a really, really good job um, in that area. The development of their guys from G League, uh, guys they picked up off the quote-unquote trash heap, Tyler Johnson, uh, Derek Jones Jr., uh, James Johnson – what they've done with guys is is incredible, but at the same time, the, what have they won? Right. right, right. So it's yes, you can if 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 you're in Miami and you see everything that's going on day to day, it's actually quite some of the stuff they've done as far as player development, drafting, mm-hmm. putting the team together. No, I'm not going to say putting the team together, but player development and drafting and mm-hmm. coaching is pretty damn impressive. Yes, on a national. Yeah. On a national basis, a guy like Howard Beck can't look into Miami and say, wow, those guys have really kicked ass the last five years. No, but Howard is more – I mean, how, again, I worked with Howard for two years. Howard is, is more, uh, you know, sort of circumspect about that stuff than others. He doesn't have an anti-Miami bias. There are guys in national media who do. I mean, I spent yeah, a lot but, of time but, with Howard. And, and, I, but, and I agree with him. Like you, what, there's not a lot that's happened well in Miami over the last four, three, four, five years mm-hmm. that can be put directly on the front office. It's the coaching staff. The coaching staff gets most of the credit for what's going on. And the guys on the floor themselves have done what they've had to do, uh, you know, despite, you know, maybe being a little shorthanded in certain places. And, yes, you can talk about the drafting. I think the drafting is the only thing really that uh, you, can, you can give the front office a lot of credit for. And, but the problem is, until those guys win, nobody cares about the potential that we care about down here, right? Like, they, they, they haven't had the Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown postseason run, right? So it's really hard to give them credit for that. So I understand that. But if we're going to talk about overall track record and we're just going to talk about how a front office is put together, how professional they, how professional they are, the fact that Dwayne Wade comes back after a nasty breakup, can't say enough good things about the organization, and is out there drinking wine and recruiting. <laughs> like it's you. I think some of that has to be put into play here, right? Because there's a lot of other teams that guys leave, they retire, mm-hmm. and they just walk away. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, and, and the organizationally, like in terms of, I, I hate the word, but in terms of culture. Uh, the culture in Miami is much more we established. We a lot on this show, by the way. We, we do, and I, and I hate it, but but the culture in Miami is a lot more established than, say, the Clippers' culture. 
uh, then Denver's culture, then even Utah's culture, although I think they've done it again. Some of that in Denver is a result of having stability in the coaching staff too with, with Quinn Snyder. I think it plays into it. It, it. It's part of it. The culture in San Antonio was obviously, you know, the best in, 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 in sports other than maybe new England, right. With the Patriots. So, uh, but Miami's culture is better than a lot of those others, but they don't have the, the recent results. I didn't have a problem with Howard not putting him in the top five. And it's like you said, he said, he's like Andy Ellisberg's still there. Pat Riley's still there. Eric Spolster's still there. You know, the Arisons are still there. Like nothing's changed in that regard. He described sort of the perfect owner and it was essentially Arison to a T except for, you know, sometimes the spending money part. But the rest of it, in terms of, you know, hiring the right people and letting them operate and being involved but not too involved, being present but not too present, like Mickey does all those things, and, and as a result, Nick does too. So I don't I, – I, this isn't to disparage the heat, but what, what Howard basically realized was there's a lot of good front offices right now. And I think, like, it was harder for him to come up with the worst, right? Like, so he did Phoenix and he did the Knicks and, you know, some others. Uh, but I think what my point, and I've made this point on Twitter before, part of the problem the Heat are having is because I think for years, and Winhorst has said this too, uh, the Heat lapped the competition in terms of from a cap perspective, from a personnel evaluation perspective, from a planning perspective, a big picture perspective, a culture perspective, a conditioning perspective, a coaching perspective. I probably repeated some stuff. But they lapped the competition in terms of all of that stuff, Alf, right? But a lot of organizations have copied it. They've copied what the Heat have done. They've copied what the Spurs have done. They're smarter. They integrate analytics in a smart way now. You know, some of them go overboard. Some of them don't. But the Heat are competing with a better league now. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny. The fact that the Heat have a culture uh, was the advantage for so long. But now you look at what LeBron did when he left, and look what the rest of the league tries to do. They try to incorporate all those same things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Every, everyone's constantly maneuvering for space. Like, I don't remember it being such a big deal when uh, the three guys were, when, when all these guys were coming available in 2010, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't that, there wasn't this large scale maneuvering that you see now. Right. But you saw the Heat do it, and now everyone's like, oh, that made a lot of sense. If we're not going to win, now some people take it too far. They just tear the whole team down and don't care whether they win or lose. The Heat somehow did it while making the playoffs two years in a row, one time as a four seed. Um, but people look at it and say, okay, I'd rather take my chances in the free agent market and just, you know, basically strip my team bare and make sure, you know, it's like I feel like the uh, the whole expiring contract thing is a phenomenon of that 2010 season. Right. Where everyone's angling to make sure that, that, that their contracts are up when certain guys are available. Yeah, no, that's true. And so if everybody's competing for the same thing, I mean, there's no tricks now, right? Like there's, I mean, there's no, uh, there's no secrets. There's no, no and I, I just think it's changed. It's changed quite a bit. It's not just about going to scouting, you know, you know, it's a scout players and identifying somebody. It's, it's identifying how that player is going to fit in your cap in three years because everybody else is angling to get that player by the time you draft him. It's just, it's different. And, and so, you know, they've added people to their front office. I mean, I feel like everybody's got a title now. Like, I don't even know the titles. What's Shane's title? What's Adam Simon's title? I mean, I know what Nick's title is. I know what Mickey's title is. What's Eric's role going to be going forward? I kind of know, I know what Andy does. I don't know if he's going to end up doing more. Like, Chet, I thought Chet retired, but everywhere I see Pat, I see Chet. So I don't, I don't know. They, you know, they have like six, guy, seven, six, they seven, eight. They should all just have people. guy in the room under, under their name. Like, 
Well, all, right, and, and then the and then there's the and then there's Zoe, and then and then there's Zoe, and then what is you know what is Chris Bosh ultimately going to be? And so uh, there's uh, you need like an army of people. Like uh, you talk about the Clippers front office. I mean, there's like six or seven names that you get to that are known names in the NBA that can get in a room, and that's plus having an owner who again is richer than God, right, and is enthusiastic and Balmer. So I think it's easier to identify now the few front offices that are bad, right? The Knicks front office, like, I don't think Scott Perry's bad, but his owner gives him no chance. I don't know that James Jones, who I admire quite a bit as a person, is bad, but he's inexperienced and he's with a terrible owner. Um, You know, so I think you see that in some places. I think the Lakers management is horrific, but, you know, they're the Lakers. It's almost hard to be that bad. I mean, there's so much information out there, right? Right. It's just a question of whether you decide to listen to it or not. Yeah, it's like it's almost hard to – you know, it's it's like when you – when you're at a barbershop or I don't mm-hmm. know if you, you go to the same barbershops I do. Um, but if you're in a barbershop, <laughs> have, you, have you, have you seen my hair? Uh, <laughs> seen my hair? I told you there's some people on Twitter are fascinated with my hair. I don't. Oh my, I get the hairline jokes all the time, but, but anyway. I'm, I'm 46 and I'm Jewish. Like this is as good as it gets. Like <laughs> mine, I, find, I, don't, I feel like mine isn't like when I go out into the regular world, yeah. Like I'll say something about my hairline and people are like, what are you talking about? But on Twitter, I have the biggest forehead of all time. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get, I finally found a, a, you know, it's, it's tough to find somebody who you cut your hair. So I found someone in Fort Lauderdale, the place I used to go to that I started going to again. And she's terrific. Like, I don't know what she did. Like my, my hair was awful for a year. And all of a sudden, like last three haircuts have been like for me good and i'm still getting no credit for it it's just like still it's still it's still like i can't wait to see her i'm like oh my god you're gonna fix me up and still i'm getting no credit for it so yeah, twitter yeah. doesn't do much for your self-esteem no <laughs> no, no. Not especially mine lately no definitely not let's be for the same boat let's i know i, I know come at both of us but um uh so what i'm you you go into one of these barbershop conversations or just mm-hmm. somebody who does not really uh follow the game as much and you hear them arguing about basketball and you sometimes you're like with all the information there is out yeah, there, how are you still this stupid? Well, I and think that's kind I, of like NBA front offices. Like, there's all this information out there, in New York Knicks. Like, how do you still suck at this? Well, like, because it's it's all. But there, I don't think it's there. They hired the right GM this time. I think Scott Perry's the right guy. I think they have the right coach in Fisdale. But right, it's the owner. But it, but it comes back to the owner. A lot of these cases, you can't you can't talk about a front. Off. We're not going to talk about anything else today. I thought we we're going to talk about this stuff, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna we we need material for future episodes. We'll get to Dwight Howard and the Heat starting lineup in another app. But I just what you can't talk about a front office without talking about ownership. Now I think by next year we're going to look at this because look Chicago. Uh, and I mentioned this to Howard, that ridiculous thing where, where, where Gar Foreman, you know, shared executive of the year with Pat Riley after Pat Riley pulled the biggest coup in NBA history in the offseason. Um, Chicago, like, did Gar, did Gar Foreman and, and John Paxson just get stupid? Like, because they're not considered a good general manager tandem anymore, right? No. But, but during the early 2000s when they drafted Derrick Rose, number one, and they had the well Dang and they had Joachim Noah and they had, young Jimmy Butler like they looked really freaking smart I I think that the top 20 can vacillate okay I think we kind of know who the worst ones are now he put Phoenix worst because he has to still go to Madison Square Garden um I you know I think it's close and I that's I don't want to disparage James Jones I I I don't think you have a chance there I just don't I I think with that yeah, owner, not with, not with Sarver running though no you, you you don't have a chance and so I my to sum this thing up 
Are the Heat in the top 10 recently? No. I, I don't think you can argue otherwise. Do I have confidence that they could get back in the top five because of the group that they had? Yes. Okay. I think by next year. Listen, they, Possibly. they go into the playoffs as a four seed, mm-hmm. get into the second round, make some noise, even make – well, I, I know that's a stretch, but somehow make, make the Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals. Right. You have to go back at where they came from at the beginning of this offseason. Right. To, to a second-round exit or an Eastern Conference finalist, yeah, you have to give it to them. I, I, I agree, and I think they've had a very good offseason. And, and so I think – and now, you know, one other guy we haven't talked about much and I want to get to is Tyler Harrow. So we have material for a future app because the stuff he's doing on Twitter, like I have never seen ever, ever a player without playing a real game go from somebody that nobody wanted in the fan base to someone everyone's in love with. Like, not, like it, it's not personally just, and professionally. It's not just Heat fans. Everybody loves the guy. Like, they all think he's going to be rookie of the year now because he basically <laughs> balled in some boxers. If you, check it out. Check no, out his listen, Twitter feed. That, okay, that video where he's in, basically in a pair of boxers playing basketball, a pickup game, that spin move where a guy loses his shoe. I know. I mean, that's that's rookie of the year potential, right there. It I'm is, sorry. and it's better shorts than you have. I and and, and then oh, I have whoa, now that whoa. I'm using the dad shorts. I, look, he like he I is, said, insufficient pockets in those boxers. But but well, I know. But but look, go from where we were on draft night. We we're like you and I were like, what was that ridiculous jacket? And why did they draft this guy? <laughs> to now he's balling in boxers, and we're like, oh my god, this guy's incredible. Like you, he. He, he does not lack confidence, like I, just in terms of personal confidence or professional confidence. Now, whether that translates or not, who knows? Okay, whether, right? And I don't want to make the white comparison again because Jason Williams, in my view, was never white, okay? <laughs> like traditional standards, okay? But there's some Jay Will in him. Like everybody's been looking for a comparison, not as a player, but there's some Jay Will in him. That cockiness, like that, you know, sort of playground attitude he has. Like somebody, did you say this? We're going to close on this, which we're going to get in trouble if I keep going. That the Heat have had the coolest white guys in the NBA the past 10, 15 years. It, it was either me or somebody on Twitter, but it's really. <laughs> it is, right? Birdman, Mike Miller. Yeah. Um, Jason Williams and now Tyler Harrow. And uh, they even had Cherokee Parks for a little while. Duncan Robinson. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, Duncan's nickname is Debo from Friday. <laughs> They've had a bunch of white guys who want to be black. All right, that's it for us today. Listen to Light Skin Opinions. We'll be back soon to talk about all that other stuff. Another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I can attest to this personally because they just threw out my traffic ticket for me. It was no problem, no points on the license. No other details that I had to deal with. You've got to check out the law firm of Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW, 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and, of course, traffic tickets. And they've got a new 15,000-square-foot office, which we work out of at times as well, on I-95 in North Miami. They handle cases from all over the state. they got a special now. If you mention five reasons are five on the floor they will take care of your traffic ticket for 49.95 go check out that price somewhere else you're not going to get it call now 24 7 service for a free consultation that's onecalllegal.com 1-855-5000-LAW Seltzer Mayberg you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need Viator 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.